The very best of mornings to all of you. Welcome to Word Horde. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Grablowski, alongside the William Clark of this expedition, Kyle Jones. Um, he's the one writing all the awesome journals. He's the one uh, figuring out where we are going up the Missouri River of linguistics. I am, uh, meanwhile, making sure everybody paddles their canoes properly. Today, we're going to get back into the Incarnation of Christ, uh, part two. This is, again, a series of lectures that Kyle did at Vanderbilt some years ago. If you are completely lost after the first minute, I would encourage you to go back and listen to part one before uh, getting into this, because we're going to get kind of in-depth into the, the Babylonian uh, leanings of this story. If you don't mind uh, your story kind of cut right in the middle, you just like to come in in the middle of something, maybe you're the kind of person who uh, gets invited to the AMC theater to watch a Marvel movie and you come in about an hour late seeing Spider-Man swinging into New York City without any context. If that's you, without ado, uh, the part two of the Incarnation Hello, of Hello, this is Kyle Jones. Last week, we finished our lecture by reading Antigonus's Roman Propagation for Hadrian, the Roman Emperor with Antigonus saying that a, quote, bright star had fixed itself on April 17th, B.C. 6, within its station, that is, a place where a planet seems to stand still against the background of stars before it ostensibly, or seemingly, reverses its direction. Antigonus went on to say, that this even was in conjunction with many other regal motions taking place in the heavens, all occurring in the heavens that the Roman-governed province of Judea could see. Antigonus said that the bright star had been in the 20th degree from the sun in its heliacal rising, which allowed for viewing even in the day, and again, must have been the star that could have only confirmed the divine status of Hadrian's emperorship. The book of Matthew states that the star, or bright light, which they saw in Te Anatole, or in its heliacal rising, quote, went before them until having come and stood over where the little child was. The term, quote, stood over, end quote, is the Greek phrase estathe apano, which simply means to stand over and in place of. Let's cover the Greek text and then the English in Matthew 2, verse 9. Kai ido ho ester, hon idon en te anotele, proagen altus heos elthon este apano, uen to pedion. Such a verse states, quote, And behold the star, which they saw in the east, went before them. Until having come, it stood over the place where the child was. End quote. Going back and using our previous lectures, first laws of mention, in order to get to a higher theological point, we see that the terms, quote, proagen, End quote, or went before, and also the Greek term estathe epino, end quote, or quote, stood over and set in place, end quote, are both seen in our philological studies as a non 
Christian Greek astrological term. Proagen, or went before, was a term used by the Greek astrologers and employed by Matthew to mean, quote, to go in the same direction as, end quote, or, as the Greeks called it, proegesis. A planet goes in the same direction as the sky when it reverses its eastward motion through the zodiac and proceeds in the same westward, uh, westward direction in which the sky rotates. <clears throat> Another concept to understand for such a phrase used in Matthew was our philological study of the Greek astrologers' first century view of the sky. The Greek astrologer of the first century would look at a planetary movement as though, quote, they moved with the direction of the sky in the normal movements in the sky, end quote. Such a view of motion is not seen in this way, of course, today. Furthermore, any such reversal or change of motion not in accordance to the natural lines of movement within the movement of the heavenly bodies is called, quote, retrograde motion, end quote. Simply put, retrograde motion happens when the earth is closer to the sun than the outer planets and therefore orbits the sun more quickly. <clears throat> the sun, moon, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn all normally travel slowly along the zodiacal path towards, quote, the east, end quote, or, in the Greek, Anatole, in the opposite direction of the rotating sky. Occasionally, these planets appear to stop for a couple of weeks and then reverse direction. Before we get started on this retrograde motion, a wonderful treatment concerning this great light, or asteria, in the, in the heavens and its display of movements slash retrograde motions can be found in Thomas Bulmer's book called The Star of Bethlehem. When the first century Greek astronomer said that a planet, quote, went before, he was looking at the reality of a planet moving in its normal circuit or line traveling eastwardly as the Earth began its orbit around the Sun. The view of the planet would be seen to stop, or as our Biblical Greek has it, este epino. It would have then been ostensibly seen to reverse its motion to the relative position that it had, quote, with the sky's motion, end quote, from a first century Greek's astrological and philological viewpoint. Keeping in mind, only due to the Earth's position of orbit around the Sun, the planet would, see, would be seen at this point to, quote, go forward, or, quote, be before, end quote, the stars and their witnessing. It is very interesting to me to find that Matthew, a mere tax collector or publicani, wrote down a formula for a Greek astrological treatment in Matthew chapter 2. Even within the choice of Greek vocabulary, the Greek term epano that Matthew used did not just mean above, or should I say, he did not use the Greek word apo 
which would have been a very common astrological term in the Greek anyway. Rather, Matthew used the Greek and astrological term epano, which meant to, quote, stand over. Hence, to the Greek, the great light that stood over the child was another significant and very relative astrological statement that I believe Paul was referring to as the pagan's answer concerning the God that the whole heathen world was looking for. For how Matthew knew to use this term would have either shown Matthew's extensive and relevant knowledge to the heathen world, or his message was inspired and instructed by a living God, for I have stated Matthew was just a tax collector whom the Romans found to be worthy of money interests for both Rome and himself to the herd of the Jews. As we have mentioned before in our previous lectures, a heliacal rising made all other planetary motions regally significant or important within a kingly viewpoint. It is the English term stations, or our Greek phrase, estathe epino, which means to, quote, stand over in place, that we have tremendous regal significance, especially within a heliacal rising, to all of the non-Jewish world of Matthew's day and millennia before Matthew's day. <clears throat> Matthew, again, drew on a tremendous astrological understanding concerning the heathen Greek's word for, uh, quote, not yet muscular and not well proportioned as of yet, as a newborn or little child, and made the same significant link that Ptolemy did in explaining stations of light and heliacal risings as to a new child coming to power in the heavens. Such a term was called pro Egumenoi. We see it in Matthew 2, verse 9, and also in Ptolemy's Tetra Biblos. Ptolemy was biblically echoed by Matthew, or vice versa, when we read the following in Ptolemy's work. Quote, Again, generally, when the planets are morning stars and make an appearance or undergo heliacal rising, they make the body large. Again, at their first station, or estathe epino. It is in their second station that they become weak, settling to be without respect, despised, but unlike the young and strong lights in their youthful stations, the second station lights are seen to be able to handle hardships and oppressions. So, this is the end quote of, of Ptolemy. So here we have somewhat a linked view of our first laws of mention from last lecture to this one concerning theological, astrological, and philological coherency. For it was Ptolemy's word, pro a gumanoi, that was used by Matthew in the verbal infinitive third person singular proagan, that links the Greek astrology and its heavenly search for the divine child written in the poetics of the heavens with the harsh and historical Jesus of the Jewish Judean province. This also answers for, quote, the star in the east, end quote, 
as not being physically in the east, but rather on astrological terms that are both in agreement with Matthew and also Greek astrologers that the bright light was preparing the way for the heavens witness by the strong child in his first station, both astrologically and physically. Well, we will continue such a wonderful treatment concerning retrograde motion and the incarnation of the Christ Messiah on April 17th, BC 6, in Bethlehem next week. And that's where I pick up from Kyle. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, always fun to hear all of his lectures uh, given so uh, stoically and so well precisely. Um, and knowing the man, it's a, it's a joy to hear him uh, just just turn loose on some of these subjects that he, he ver- loves very much and we love to hear about. So. If you guys are interested, you guys have questions, concerns, comments, thoughts, and ideas, you can write to us at wordhoard at gmail.com. Make sure you know that that's word with a Wilco Yankee Romeo Delta word. Um, It comes from the Norse mythology. Uh, If you guys are interested in that, feel free to go to our first lecture and just listen all the way through. Um, We do a couple of these long-form lectures uh, within that. There's uh, one on dualism that is excellent. I would recommend that. Um, We call it social schizophrenia. So for a first-time listener, if you're just new to us, that's a good place to start. Otherwise, that you can always listen to some of our earlier lectures or go to some of our interviews. We have interviews from everybody from a a real-life Srega, a witch, to David Roll, basically Indiana Jones incarnate, um, with more interviews to come, as I'm sure our, our listeners are aware. Until those times, I ask you guys to have a very safe, happy, merry holiday and a very merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah and joyous Kwanzaa to all of you. And we'll talk to you guys uh, next week with the Incarnation of Christ Part 3. Thank you.